Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Hey, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about keeping the faith. My brother and I, when we would talk on the phone or when we were in person just before I'd leave, he'd always say two things. Number one, he would say, I pray for you and your family every day. I call your names in prayer, which I felt really good about. The second thing was he'd always say just before I hung up or just before I walked out of the door, keep the faith. So what is faith and how do we keep the faith? These days, it's easy to find people who talk about faith, but faith in itself is not enough. Many people put faith in themselves or a job or the government. And while we need to have faith in these areas, it is the faith of God which will sustain us in this life. My brother wasn't speaking about having just faith because, like my wife said, many people put faith in a lot of things. But what he was talking about uh, was was having faith in God, not in yourself, not in some man-made institution. It is the faith of God that we need. Mark eleven twenty two says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have the faith of God. You know, you're reading that where it says, Have the faith of God. Many people will read in their King James Bible or a newer Bible, it says, have the faith in God. And the, the, the Geneva Bible was the first one that was translated back in the 1500s that said, have the faith of God. And it's literally having God's faith uh, for every situation. Verse 23 says, For assuredly I say unto you that whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he say will be done, he will have whatever he says. So picking up at 24, it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So all you have to do is ask, believe, and receive. I like what the NLT says. It says in verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you'll receive it, it will be yours. So whatever it is that you're in need of today, God is interested in getting that to you, but you access it through faith. Um, I like what we're, what we're teaching. We're going to continue to teach on um, how faith works in the lives of the believer. And we're going to probably be readdressing this issue, the faith of God, over and over and over again um, because we believe it so much and we believe in carrying it out in our lives and practicing it. But we want to make it clear to those listening, to maybe someone who's listening today and thinking, you know what, I've spoken things, I've decreed it, I've declared it, I've spoken to the mountain, the mountain hasn't moved yet. Um, And what we want to say to that person, because we've experienced that, we've gone out to the mountain and, and said, be thou removed, and it wasn't removed. Um, so what, what would you say to a person who has done that maybe once and it hasn't removed or twice and it didn't remove? A few years back, I heard John Maxwell talking about sharpening your axe and and using it every day. And it doesn't matter how big a tree is. If you say uh, see the biggest oak tree 
in in the woods and you go out and you take a sharp axe and you just swing at the tree five times a day it's a, not a matter of if it will fall it's a matter of when it will fall sometimes prayer is the same way and faith has to do with faithfulness and actually having a a consistent lifestyle of prayer consistently claiming proclaiming and saying those things over and over again we get into trouble with the way that we speak uh, way too often Uh, it's easy for us to find a way to be negative about our situation and sometimes you know one of the biggest things that got the children of israel in trouble was their mumbling and complaining Uh, and it, it wasn't making statements of faith it was actually complaints that they were making Uh, to God about situations. And God has moved us from a legalistic system in the Old Testament into one of faith in the New Testament. And Jesus talked about it on a frequent basis. And so since he talked about it, we need to learn how to talk about it too. We need to learn how to speak to the mountain or whatever the situation is and keep moving in a positive direction even when we don't see it. You know, I like that new song, that uh, The Waymaker, uh, and there, there's a part that it gets into said, even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're still moving. You you never stop. You never stop moving. So our faith doesn't need to be in man, doesn't need to be in a system. So our faith in conversation doesn't need to be in man-made things. It needs to be in God and line up with his word. And it needs to be consistent, as you said earlier, that it doesn't matter whether we see it or we don't see it. The Bible tells us that we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And the faith of God tells us that no matter what we're seeing, no matter what we're feeling, that we continue to speak it over and over and over again. And sometimes that means it could take years, that it may not happen the first time we say it, the first time we go out and speak to the mountain. It may not move right then. The the tree may not fall the first time you lay the axe to it, but the faith says, the faith of God says that we're going to pick the axe up and we're going to lay it to it again. We've seen that in our personal lives, our personal testimony with our son's drug addiction, um, with our own finances, with things with our church, with the things God has called us to step out and do with, with making the film. Hope has a name and different acts of faith he's called us to do has required that we step out in faith and continue to step, continue to believe, continue to pray, continue to speak, even in the face of great opposition and not seeing or feeling that he had moved, you continue to speak. Um, What comes to mind is that scripture that it says that you keep on asking or you ask you seek, you ask, you you knock, and if you do a word study on that scripture, it actually means to keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. It's not just a one-time thing. So consistency is the key to having your prayers answered and moving forward with God with anything that you do. You know, I like what the NLT says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. And it is the evidence of things we cannot see. So there's a lot of times you don't see things as quickly as you would like to. But we keep on in faith knowing that it is going to bring about what we're hoping for. And it will be evidenced in, in, in other words, in the unseen realm where people can't see right now. Those are the things that we're calling into the reality of where we live. And so we keep on persistently uh, moving forward speaking the Word of God over and over again. And we find when we line ourselves up with the Word of God 
that it actually becomes the reality which we create by what we speak. And so our faith has to be in God. But to have faith in God, you got to first believe that he is. According to Hebrews uh, 11, chapter uh, verse 6, uh, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There again, what Lisa was talking about, it is ongoing and persistent seeking of God that we need in order for us to see the things um, that we're looking for. I want to go back to what you're talking about briefly, where you said, uh, talking about Hebrews 11, one says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. If you look up the word reality, it if you look up um, in the thesaurus, it means realism or authenticity, the actuality. Uh, faith shows us the actuality of what we are hoping for. And that's really powerful because what you said, it's already happening in the supernatural realm and faith brings it into the actuality. It's what we're hoping for and faith brings it into actuality for us. And so we just keep on hoping and believing because we know that, as you said, um, quoting the scripture, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if you look at the word diligently, that means that we continue on persistently. Even when we don't feel like it. Even when we don't feel like it. Wow. So we have to hang on even when we don't feel like it. You know, that reminds me of a story that I heard years ago about a blimp that was tied down by some moorings. And somehow or another, it, it, it got loose and was floating and began to float away. Several men in the area ran over and they saw the blimp and grabbed a hold of the mooring lines and tried to hold it down. Of course, the blimp uh, was lifting them off the ground and and several of them held on for a little while and 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 suddenly when they could no longer hang on they uh, they they fell down some of them got injured and others even died from it but one man in particular uh, he was on the blimp and or, or on the the mooring line and just floated and people were watching and it took a couple hours for it to actually get under control and get it back down and when they you know they were watching in horror thinking he was going to drop at any moment and he held on until there was you know they they brought it back to the ground what happened was they questioned him afterwards said how in the world could you hang on when everybody else had left let go and he said it was really simple i wasn't holding on to it i simply tied the line off around my waist and it was holding on to me and so all i did was enjoy the ride and enjoy the view and that's the way that we're supposed to be in christ it's not really for us to fight to hold on to him it is that he holds on to us that reminds me of another story i heard years ago and i think we've we've shared it um, countless times uh, when we've been preaching on the road as evangelists because it's such a faith builder But it's a story about a little girl. I think she was around 12 or 13 years old. And she had some gorders um, on her neck. They were growing and had gotten quite large. And a healing evangelist came by and prayed for her. And she got a hold of the faith message and believed that she was healed. And she went home to her family and told her family that she was healed. Now, her family could still see the gorders that were growing on her neck. They were quite large. But day by day, the little girl continued to proclaim that she was healed. 
And finally, her mother came to her and said, honey, it's looking ridiculous. You look ridiculous. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but you're not healed. I want you to go in the bathroom, and I want you to look in that mirror. It's been weeks now that you've been declaring your healing, um, and your neck has gotten larger. These gorders are still there. So I want you to go in the bathroom. I want you to look in the mirror and, and look at yourself and recognize that you are not healed and stop saying that. So the little girl went into the bathroom, and she looked in the mirror, and she closed her eyes. She said, I don't want to see that I am not healed. I do not want to believe that because I am believing that I am healed. I refuse to believe that I am not healed. No matter what these eyes see, I believe that I am healed. And when she opened her eyes, right before her eyes, those two quarters fell off of her neck into the sink. Wow, that reminds me of a statement that I've heard you make many times to different congregations about truth and fact. Why don't you share that? Yeah, it's uh, truth overrides facts. And it's something that I heard Chris Vallotton say years ago, and it just resonated with me, and it got down in my spirit, and I just grabbed a hold of it, and we stood upon it when we were going through such a difficult time in our life um, where, with our son going through a drug addiction, and we were facing uh, a hopeless situation with him. And what Chris says about that situation is, is he says this, the truth or what God says about a situation or a condition overrides the facts. And we have to believe that the truth of God's word, what he says about something overrides what the facts say. Hey, by the way, didn't you write an article for God TV on that subject? I actually did. I wrote um, an article entitled just that very thing, Truth Overrides Facts, A Testimony of God's Intervention. And it's actually our personal testimony um, regarding our son and how God came in and in the middle of his drug addiction and how we stood on God's word and whom the sun sets free is truly free indeed. We've seen all types of miracles in our life and in our ministry, and uh, recently we were able to do a movie, actually, about women who are incredible and who are doing remarkable things around the world. Uh, The name of the movie is Hope Has a Name, and one of those ladies was in our services recently with us. Her name is Cassandra Lee. Cassandra is one of the most courageous women that I know. She's one of my heroes. Of course, uh, as we made Hope Has a Name and we got to know each one of these wonderful, amazing, fearless women that we featured in the film, after after spending time with each one of them, we were like, she's our hero, she's our hero. But um, sitting down with Cassandra recently and having her at Salt Life Church, we just had a whole fresh uh, respect for her with what she's doing in the Congo and and how she and her husband Edison are serving there with Justice Rising, with building schools and living in the war zone. Um, You know, we're so safe here and they go back to this war zone on a regular basis. They, They choose to live there facing impossibilities on a regular basis. She talked about impossibilities, and and she had a key phrase. Do you remember what it was? Well, she said that, and it really struck me because, and I wrote it down, that impossibilities are targets for miracles. 
while she was with us, we got her to sit down in our studio and record some stories that I think are amazing. I hope you'll enjoy them. After traveling around to different conflict zones in my very early 20s, I started to just get discouraged and seeing so much conflict, seeing, hearing so many stories of rape and just watching these cycles of war repeat. I was, yeah, I was tired and I started to cry out to Jesus, God, what do we do in these situations where the problem seems so big? What do we do? How do I respond? And Jesus just spoke so tenderly and he goes, Cassandra, this is not the end of the story. And he goes, impossibilities are just targets for miracles. And that really helped my perspective to shift and to not see this massive problem of war as, oh, this is this is the destiny for this country, but to look and say, oh, this is just a small piece of their history and things can shift and peace can come and transformation can take place in these places. Cassandra lives in a very war-torn region and one of the things that she has to deal with on a consistent basis is children as soldiers. And so she tells a story of a boy named Jackson and the impact that they're having on him. We know this boy, and his name is Jackson, and he lives in a very remote village where we have about four schools. And I was talking to Jackson. He's a part of our leadership league, and our leadership league is a league that was started for young boys who are either ex-child soldiers or were at risk of becoming child soldiers. And it's essentially a soccer program. And we say, if you lay down your arms, if you leave the army, we will give you soccer balls, soccer equipment, jerseys, whatever you want, but you can't be a part of the army. And we have boys coming from all over the region to really be a part of this league. And so Jackson's one of our key members, and I was asking him about how it was going. And not only do they have to do soccer, or not only do they do soccer, but they also have to be a part of counseling every week and discipleship programs. And so, or like mentorship. So I was talking with Jackson and I said, so what kind of transformation have you seen from this group? Like, obviously soccer is important. How is the mentoring and how have these young men that you're in life with, how have they changed you? And he goes, Cassandra, you have no idea And he started telling me this story and he said, when I was young, I saw lots of friends and family killed before me. And he said, during rebel raids, I would see horrific things and I fled for my life for many years, lived in another village. And then when I decided to come back to this community, I found a little house, I started building my life. And he goes, but my neighbors, some of the people who lived just close to me were some of the perpetrators and those who had killed that I had seen kill my friends and family. And he goes, now I'm suddenly living in community with these people. And my first instinct was, I need to take revenge. I am so angry and so hurt. I need to kill them. And he said, I knew I wouldn't have any consequences for this. So what's stopping me? But being a part of the group, he then started talking about this community and learning about forgiveness and learning how to love people wholeheartedly. And he said, my brothers in the group, they helped me and 
we, I was able to forgive. I was able to fully let go. I was able to let God really heal my heart. And now not only do I still have these as my neighbors and I'm living in community with them, he's like, I, I do life with some of them. And he was talking about that freedom that he's able to walk in. And I was just so amazed. I was like, Jackson, can you just follow me around and teach me how you really did this? Because you are incredible. And we have so many stories like that, especially from our leadership league. That's faith in action, which is really what this whole podcast is about and and really what our ministry is about is about getting people to activate their faith and to see that faith works. And if it'll work in a war-torn place, in a place of conflict, it will work anywhere. So there are 357 million people living in conflict right now. And about 167 million of those are in high-intensity areas, high-conflict areas, which is absolutely absurd. And it's only actually increased. It's been about a 75% increase since the 1990s, which, again, I just, I can't, I can't even fully comprehend. But when we hear statistics, it's so easy to kind of have them go right over us and not to fully sink in. But war, war is a name, war is a face. It's, it's personal for so many people, for all these 357 million people. It's personal. So the reality of war for so many people is, you know, it's their day-to-day life. There are more people in conflict than actually live in the United States, and it's hard for us to fathom what it must be like. Just like this next couple, um, when you hear this story, Uh, It'll take your breath away. One story that really sticks out to me that that shows the effects of war is Delphine and Christian. And they're a couple we met far out in the village. And I was talking to them. We were sitting in their home, and they had brought us over for breakfast. And the whole time we were talking, Christian, the husband, just looked so sad. And eventually I, I was trying to make him smile and trying to break the tension and I just couldn't. And finally I said, what is wrong? Like, why are you so sad? And he looked at me and he goes, I have been running with my family from war for over two years. And he goes, I lived in the village and when rebels came, we had to flee. And we went in the jungle and we lived under different trees and we... Every time we'd hear conflict, we would go to a new area, a new tree. And he's like, we were just constantly fleeing for two, over two years. And I said, oh my gosh, like, what did you do for food? And he was telling us about just the day-to-day life. And he said, food, sometimes we would find food in different people's fields when they were, you know, they had been working the farm and they had left it. Sometimes they would find some banana trees and take some bananas. And he said, but sometimes we couldn't find anything. And he goes, so in those moments, we would be so desperate that we would say, we have to go back to the village. We have to go to a nearby village and see if we can find food. And he goes, but if I went, I knew that I would probably be killed and then I'm no good to my family. But if I sent my wife, she would probably only be raped. 
and then she could bring back food for us. And he goes, so in those moments, I had to choose, do I send my wife to be raped or do I watch my family die of starvation? And he goes, that's how we found food during that time. And I think of stories like that and war, war is personal. War is not just 357 million people. It's Delphine and Christian. That is what war looks like. And yet you've chosen to spend your life in this war that happens day in and day out. And I'm sure that there has to be a certain amount of fear involved. And and we know from going to different places. And we've had people say, I would go, but I'm afraid. What would you say to that? Sometimes... God is so kind and you just are so overwhelmed with love for these areas that you don't notice the fear. And sometimes God is so kind that you're afraid and you're nervous and you don't entirely know what to do next, but you go anyway. And you choose to move in spite of the fear and just small steps one after another and keep moving forward. And you kind of watch as pieces just come together and things just line up. But it's not necessarily waiting until the moment when you're like, now I'm fearless. <laughs> you you go anyway. And you take, my mom would always say, just take small steps, just take bite-sized pieces and put one foot in front of the other. And sometimes it just looks like leaning into Jesus and taking small steps and putting one foot in front of the other. So just lean into Jesus and if you're afraid, go afraid. Our, the name of our show is Faith Works, and we know that faith works in the life of a believer. But we also know that faith without works is dead. What would you say to that? Absolutely. I think so often it's easy to to sit in church and to hear the different sermons and to read the Bible and be like, this is awesome. Okay, now I'm just going to continue on with my life. But we have the Holy Spirit as a comforter because we are meant to live in uncomfortable situations and really believing God on what he says in the Bible and what he said to us and taking, taking a step out of the boat and walking on water. It's, it takes a lot of faith and a lot of action. And I love when Jesus felt compassion, it always drove him to action. And so when we feel compassion and we feel heartbroken for those around us, we need to move. We need to be active. That's what we were created for. That's what how we were meant to live. And so, yeah, I really think that if we're going to keep moving forward, if we're going to live out a lifestyle of faith, it requires that action. You can watch more of Cassandra's story on Hope Has a Name. You can check out the movie at hopehasanamemovie.com or you can follow Cassandra's ministry at justicerising.org. Each week on our podcast, we'd like to leave you with an encouraging word or a prophetic word, whichever the Lord may have for us. We want to be sensitive to the Spirit. Lisa, do you have anything? Actually, I feel like I do. Um, As I was praying earlier during a section when you were talking about faith and we were talking about persistence, I got the name Amy. And so if Amy's listening or someone knows Amy, 
I felt like I had a word for Amy that Amy's been really struggling and has been going through a very lengthy trial, something that you've really been believing God for a long time for something, an area that you've been struggling in, and the trial has been very long, and you've been standing and standing and standing and believing, but you've grown very, very weary, and you've really been um, struggling and feeling like getting to a point where you feel like it's hopeless, and the enemy's really been attacking your faith. And you felt like your faith is slipping. But I really feel like the, the Lord wanted me to just release this encouragement over you and tell you to, to be encouraged that He is hearing you. And I really feel like breakthrough is coming, that, that it's really soon, and that He has seen your tears and He's heard your cry, and that He is strengthening you even now that, that, that the Word of the Lord is coming to you, that is coming across the airwaves, and that, that even as you listen to this, that you can feel strength flooding through your spirit, and that He has not forsaken or forgotten you, and that you will reap, that the Word of God tells us that, that if we do not grow weary in well-doing, that we will reap, that, that if we don't faint, that we will reap, and, and that your season of uh, reaping, that your season of reward, that your season, I feel bounty, that's the word I'm getting, bounty is coming, and that reward is coming, and breakthrough is coming for you, Amy, and that just continue to be persistent. Do not give up. Do not give up that you are very, very close to reward, very, very close to breakthrough, and I want to encourage you you to hang in there and to just hang on to the promise of God for his promises are yes and amen. And I want to testify to that for what we've seen in our life. Uh, We went through a 16 year battle, but God is faithful. And I want to encourage anybody else who's listening that you may say, you know what? I've stood and stood and stood. I want to encourage you to keep standing. Because we've been there where we've stood and we've proclaimed and we've decreed and we've declared. And when all looked hopeless and you feel like giving up, don't give up. But keep standing because God's word is true. Keep the faith and keep speaking God's word. So Lisa, to recap what we've talked about today, we've talked about keeping the faith and speaking the word of God, continuing to believe letting Jesus hold us, standing upon the truth, because the truth of God's Word, the truth outweighs facts. And we talked about faith having action. And faith has to have action or it is dead, according to James. Never forget that Jesus is King and Lord of all. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at kenandlisahenderson.com for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa, L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson. See you next week.